healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. Welcome back to the Basement Teller Music Lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin. And as usual, we have an exciting holiday-ish uh, audio adventure for you to kick off your week. Hopefully, uh, you are not working today. This is July 3rd when I'm taping this and when you're going to hear it if you are a regular subscriber. If you're not, what are you doing with your life? Um, and uh, tomorrow is July 4th, which is celebrating the independence of our nation. And it is, uh, it is something to celebrate even as we go into a weird, uh, darker timeline right now. Um, there have been many bright spots throughout our history, so what I'm saying is is, uh, is all hope may not be lost, but uh, what we're going to be talking about today uh, is an, a, an album by a guy who has been dealing with the same issues uh, that we may be dealing with now in America for his entire life, Roger Waters, uh, which you're going to get a little more history on as we get into this, uh, famed member of Pink Floyd. One of the originating members of Pink Floyd, along with Sid Barrett, uh, auteur of the wall, if you will, and uh, the final cut, which we're going to be talking about a little bit in uh, in the context of his new album. Is this the life you really want? Uh, this is a brash, a raw, a uh, uh, upfront, a truthful uh, analysis of the world as he sees it, and a lot of that has to do with our place in it, our place being Americans, and uh, and he's not he's not all wrong it's not all right and you know that's because nobody is ever all wrong or all right but uh it's taking a good look at uh at the state of the world as as we relate to it today and um and uh honestly it's some of his best music he's ever put out so there is that bonus thing so i figured that would be a good thing to talk about on this independence day area thinger uh joining us in the basement you're gonna have uh michael kentoff been getting to know him on the last few podcasts, and our friend Casey Ray returns. So that was wild, wild conversation, as you know. There's going to be this is actually um, there's going to be a later podcast where we we get into the uh, minutia of streaming and what it means for the music industry because that's what Casey uh, his job used to be as as CEOs the Future Music Coalition. So anytime we can get him over here, uh, we're going to talk about that. But uh, that means that the podcast would be three hours long, uh, which also happens anytime Casey comes over here. So, man, it's awesome. But uh, for this, we're gonna we're gonna jump you right through uh, to where we start talking about Roger Waters, and uh, so we're gonna do that now. And then I want you to stick around at the end because I got we're gonna play another Roger Waters track. It's actually a Pink Floyd track. A little compare and contrast. I'll, I'll tell you more about that at the back end. But if you guys are ready, uh, we're gonna check about a little of the track Deja Vu. Off of Roger Waters, uh, is this the life we really want? And then uh, gonna land you right there in the basement in the middle of our, our discussion about this wonderful, wonderful album. See you on the flip side. If I had been God, 
I would have rearranged the veins in the face to make them more resistant to alcohol and less prone to aging. If I had been God, I would have sired many sons, and I would not have suffered the Romans to kill even one of them. If I had been God, with my staff and my rod, if I had been given the night, I believe. Could have done a better job, and if I were a drone, trolling from skies with my electronic eyes for guidance. It is off of Roger Waters, you know him, uh, his fifth proper solo album. And you know what? I'm going to say six because I am going to include Final Cut as as a solo album, even though it's Pink Floyd. I I appreciate that. And and I think think because we have to talk about that in terms of not just this album, but his entire career. Um, You know, that is, if you are familiar with the man's work at all, he is... One half of Pink Floyd, which is something we also have to talk about. There were other people in that band. There were a lot, but he is, but he is like he was a half, and then the other. What does that were, make Sid? Hmm. What does that make Sid Barrett? A different era. Uh huh. Okay. Era. But no, we we can get into it because because he carried Sid into the he he carried he the sure did. Well, that's right. In, in, Sid, was, Sid, but, Sid was one of the central topics. Yes. But, yeah, so. but you know that is sort of full on classic Floyd mode. This is something that. Uh, that he established on the wall, and then later pursued on their aforementioned last album, uh, the final cut. And throughout his career, even though he's had people like Clapton, playing on this pros album, pros and cons of hitchhiking. Yeah, right? pros and cons of hitchhiking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he has he has never really abandoned this sound. Uh, he has been um, he toured the wall. Uh, this was to death, two thousand. But yeah, but it's, <laughs> it was two thousand eleven. But here's the good thing about that. So like, so like when when the Berlin Wall uh, fell, he he played. A Wait, concert. that fell? Yeah, fake news. Yeah, fake news. But yeah. he he played he played this concert at Potsdamer Platz. Stumbled, which, which is fucking. It, it was great. I bet Trump could probably build that one faster than this other one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh man, with his, spe- with his special friendship, well, you know, you know, and the wall I think plays a lot into this album and a lot of where we are uh, in this day and age, uh, and what Roger is talking about. But, but you know, his his focus on the wall when he was 
uh, touring it was to bring light to like the refugee crisis around yeah. the world. That's been his big thing. I mean, you wouldn't know it from listening to early Floyd or anything, but he is, and David Gilmore to some extent too. They've been like pretty super activist and 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 sort of advocating for. I suspect Gilmore's the, a Tory though. Yeah, yeah. Well, for sure. But um, but he and Jimmy Page, the miserly, uh, <laughs> the Scrooge McDucks of the. Well, if you ever see Gilmore, you ever see Gilmore uh, playing with a, a VC, VCS three synth now, like there's a film and he shows how they did the stuff on you know on the run. He's yeah. like this, and he stands up and he's like, puts his glasses. Yeah, on. I saw like, that. It's, it's beautiful. That was total to Tory. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it too. Like you know, what a graceful thing on his but houseboat. A, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's got it going. Anyway, um, yes, and you were saying, and you know, Gilmore has put out actually uh, two albums. His final album was not that great. He says it's his final album. On an Island holds up for me as 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 good as any of the other Floyd albums. I mean, well, I mean, other, not, 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 I don't know. Lyrically, it's lightweight, yeah, there's but some, there's some lyrically lightweight. But there's <laughs> he, he he's the other part of the sound. You're right. He's, the other he's part, not a he's lyricist, and and it's it's just a, it's yeah. I mean. Well, his first two records, David Gilmore, and then was it about face? About face, yeah. I always liked the David Gilmore record. Right. I thought it was kind of dark and weird. And they, they, and, they and both have this ability. He to was producing a mood. Kate Bush at the time. I mean, yeah. I think his his ears were pretty big. I, yeah, uh, you know, I think he that's was still right. Invested. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and I, you know, uh, running around with Roy Harper. I love Roy Harper. Yeah, who doesn't? Um, that's off to that man. That's off to him. <laughs> yes. So, so now Roger Waters after after. <laughs> Touring We've just lost any li- listener younger than no, 35. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, a- 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 after touring around with this, he uh, he's now at 73 years old. Um, wow, he, he's 73. He's 73. Oh, wow, cool. He was not, I, d- I don't think, he. you know, like you said, he toured the wall to death. Yeah. Like, you have to have a different, different way to talk about that stuff. Uh, I didn't expect him to get around to it. To, to to actually making this thing. Well, yeah, and, I, and that's what I'm getting at. Is that is that and, and all of a sudden uh, us here in America gave him this glorious reason yeah. to to spark his vitriol again. Mm-hmm. Um, Famous spleen. You know he he said he has said in interviews that this album was meant as sort of a uh, deliver a mediocre report card to America and the rest of the world. Your marks are are mediocre. And and that's pretty generous. Yeah, and 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 what what we have here is a collection of songs that. Cover everything from he. I mean, he is talking about the refugees in in some songs. He's talking about the situation, but I think in this album specifically, he almost, uh, or I don't even think almost, he blames America, and I don't know if he's exactly wrong. Lyrically, it's fierce. Lyrically, yeah. this is an A plus record. There's just no doubt about it. If you want that thing from Roger Waters, whatever that is, and it's like you said, largely defined by an arc that you know could all follow under a solo. Roger Waters' experience, if not for the you know sizable arrangement and musical imprint that David Gilmore left mm-hmm. on the wall, much less so the final cut, which yeah. we we understand uh, we're calling a Roger Waters solo album, which I'm comfortable with. But I think that these are the themes after he got done talking about you know poor Sid's cracked up. You know, yeah. these are the themes that Roger Waters fully committed to. I think they start to become apparent on animals. Yeah. You know, that spleen sure. and that invective is hurled on animals. Oh, pigs, three different ones. Uh, and, and, just, <laughs> you, you know, know, very effectively. But I think uh, he gave it focus and he gave it broader cultural historical well, arcs 
uh, and also did a very novelistic thing and intersected that with deeply personal experiences, which is why when people like shit on the wall because it's just some sort of hip thing to do, yeah. I basically want them to tell them to eat a bag of delicately yeah. arranged phallus phalli because <laughs> you know uh, this is a this is a novel in a in a yeah. uh, audio medium and. Uh, God well, damn it! <laughs> all right, well that's that's I, if we want to go down that tributary. Yeah, we do. Um, I'm not a fan of the wall. I don't hate well, it. Well, eat a bag of delicately arranged. <laughs> eat, a bag of, tell me, eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so so, and I don't disagree with your description of it. I just don't want to hear that. And 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 to me, Gilmore's and and for that matter, uh, Wright's influence on the proceedings. Well, they kicked Richard out. <laughs> uh, well, not during the wall, though. After the wall. They you kicked know. him out during the wall. I thought it was after the wall when they were going to make... No, gonna that's make when they brought him back. They brought him back in the session. They're like, shit. Well, that's right. He didn't actually complete yeah. the wall. I mean, he has... I think he's got some stuff on it. Like, there's some organ work on it, but a lot of the no, actual keyboards is not... You're right. Him. You're right. But I do think, though, that, that their influence is seriously waning, and basically what you have is... Songs like Mother, which I appreciate on one level, and it bores the shit out of me in huh. other ways. It's musically, there's nothing really there. There's no real melody. It's, 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 there's... Well, I think that's a gorgeous song. Nobody's, mm. nobody home is like, I, I wrote myself an email the other day, write a song this good. Because <laughs> damn it, I know, I no. got it in me, and, and I'll get there well, someday. I, Mother bores me, but Mother bores me because he already did Pigs in the Wing, and Deja uh, Vu is the same thing. Yeah. It's, just, it's, the, it's But it's got that beautiful clouds are breaking, here comes David Gilmore, bends on the arc yeah. of our, the horizon, kind of, you know, taking well, flight well, I, on that, Oh, no, I, I, I love that. And Comfortably Numb is one of my favorite songs by any human. Yeah. I love that song. But that's when it started to disintegrate for me as a musical experience as opposed to a lyrical experience where I never I right. know he's oh he's gonna have the goods he's just yeah I could put on metal and go on a little mm -hmm. musical adventure like but it's, right now it, it's absolutely also obscured by clouds the, yeah. you the, know the band started <clears throat> obscured by clouds as an album animals and it's, a band, animals yeah. and it's a band voicing as well it is to, that's true well, animals I think is a super a solo super album melodic with a really amazing arranger who also plays a, a mean guitar and, and so and so the wall was actually where they started to disintegrate as a band a little like we already talked about yeah. right and stuff. Yeah. But I, mean, I think, think that, that happened. But, but, but I mean, it's also where you know you mentioned like the themes that he talks about, like, and this is this is like specifically Waters, and I think specifically from the Wall on, you got some of it in like Wish You Were Here. Uh, you know, he's always been the more cynical voice in in like solo albums or oh, in or the band. life or, or life, and, or that's life. Why, and that's why he was tasked for the most part with writing ninety nine percent of the lyrics of the band. He's, he's, he's concerned a, with with alienation, right. self loathing, outrage. And all over, like, his sort of personal condition. And, and, and it's, for me, it seems very odd for a, a Brit to, to ex express that in the ways that he has to this music. Because you have, uh, a lot of his music is also about war. Understand. And, and, and this is something, and this album specifically, when, I, when I'm listening to it, I, if you get in a lift in D.C., you're going to... Uh, invariably get or an uber or whatever uh you're, you're gonna get in a uh, car with somebody who's not from this country and a lot of times they might be iranian they might be afghani they might ethiopian be ethiopian and and they're coming from countries that have been war torn or or struck with famine or, or whatever and and these are experiences that we as americans simply do not have and we forget yeah Yet, well, and that and that's why this is that's I think what makes this sort of a brilliant album is and you and we forget 
that World War II destroyed England. You know, Roger These, Waters had was, had a lot of anger for for not just that those atrocities and the mm-hmm. and the and the fallout from those and the hypocrisy of of you know service uh, where you lay down your life in 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 vain for a cause. Um, but not in vain either, because, you know, there is something to protect. And I think Roger Waters is a staunch Democrat in the traditional sense. And, you know, if, if pushed, if pressed, he would uh, probably consider, you know, in, the Allies' involvement in World War II is just unnecessary. There'd be no way that a man of his, like, uh, um, vintage would would be able to cognate otherwise. I've right. never, I've ne- and I've never heard him express otherwise. Otherwise, it but... There wasn't- but a lot of his spleen on. was reserved to the ways in which Great Britain rebuilt itself. Yes. And the industrialization yes. of the nation in service of what? Uh, an image of, um, you know, a encroaching global capitalism mm-hmm. in the American model. And that is why he comes back around here, because I think a lot of this is the result of that exporting of a certain type of, of uh, capitalism that uh, allows... Tremendous amounts of value to be extracted from all four corners yeah. and not a lot reinvested, increasingly l- l- yeah. nothing yeah. reinvested in the public welfare. And so to me, like the title of this record is, you know, is this the life we really want? But it's also kind of like he's going to die soon, not yeah. like tomorrow. He might live to be 85. I don't really know. But right. like, but, you know, this is like, see you later, humanity, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I, I want to talk about this before I leave, mm-hmm. but I've been talking about it my whole life. Mm-hmm. Well, he's uh, certainly been talking about it since the wall. I mean, the wall yeah. is because he got there. He got to that politics through his own personal experience where the wall sure. really starts yeah. with it's personal. It's like it's like Jean le Carre, right? So about spies because he came from that world. And then when that ended, he wrote about pharmaceutical company. You know, in other words, yeah. he used the personal to branch yeah. into that. And that's what he's done. Where where the final cut is very much about his dad, yeah. and where the wall is very much about him, and really him freaking out at a concert in 1977. Of that's, course, that's the what that's all about. That right. comes from the pressure. So, you know, and he, but and he takes all that and he says this is completely applicable. The geopolitical. It sounds like you admire the effort at least. I know. I no. I don't. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's a bad record. Yeah. I, my my issues with it are. It assumes your your band it, Pink Floyd. It, it also it is what I expected musically. Uh, uh, lyrically, I'm always surprised by him, yeah. and, and it's funny because I had heard him read "Is This the Life We Really Want" huh. on the Mark Maron show. He read it as a poem. Yeah. It's different. It's different. It's longer. I like it more I as a poem. About that. I, I about love that, the yeah. sound of Beautiful. his his like accusatory voice. It comes out in yeah. a sort of um, erudite husk. Well, listen to the WTF one when he reads it, and it's very beautiful the yeah. way he reads it. It's dark it's a little bit more bemused than the way he sings yeah he it. does have that that quality yeah it? and but it and it really but it's lovely and because it, it still well, makes the same point but it does it a little softer and and that's you know yeah and i, I think we've talked a lot, a lot about the wall too and, and the, an important thing about the wall was that it it broke apart and put on screen as animation uh the his id and ego and super ego like it was yeah. purely waters and and in that reading like he's able to as a as a uh, uh, an orator express these in a way, like you said, you love listening to him. Like it's just there's he can get nasty. 
I love it when he does. It's like he's whispering in your ear. You know, and it's it, like, and it's a classic this litany like, of sins. <laughs> this one picks the different ones. It's just yeah. this spitting. Th- this whole yeah. track I, that we're going to play, I think, is based on this. And this is the this is directly <laughs> aimed at, at uh, our great leader right now. Uh, this is a picture of that. As you lean on the port rail, tossing away your last cigarette. Picture your finger pushing the doorbell. Picture the skull and crossbones on the doorman. Picture the Casbah, picture Japan, picture your kid with his hand on the trigger, picture prosthetics in Afghanistan. Picture a courthouse with no fucking laws. Picture a cat house with no fucking horse. Picture a shit house with no fucking dreams. Picture a leader with no fucking Well, right, and 
I, I, you know, I, I, I don't read a lot of poetry, but, uh, and I've written even less, and like, I don't understand, I understand it in the context of songwriting, but I don't understand it in terms of poetry. I, I, lyrics to me are not poetry. Waters every once in a while crosses over, doesn't for a whole song usually, just crosses over and you're like, holy, whoa, you just do so that. So how's this for poetry in the song that we just heard? Is this... Picture prosthetics in Afghanistan. Picture like a courthouse with no fucking laws. Picture a cat house with no fucking horns. Picture a shit house with no fucking drains. Picture a leader with no fucking brains. <laughs> I mean, I don't know yeah. if it's poetry, but it's it, really good lyric writing. It's really, I, I think it is. I think if you if he read that, like if he read the like, good night, America. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, well, he's great at we roll. Yeah, oh yeah, he's we're rolling. <laughs> yeah. We're rolling. We're back, baby. He's very good at, at framing repetitive it's like Martin Luther King, you know? It's the it's the old pastor method of like sort of you pick up something from the last thing and you recycle it yeah. and you put it and it gains more momentum. He's very good at that. Yeah. And and uh Animals has, you know, yeah. who was you know, and yeah. that who was hey, you. Is huge. Yeah. yeah. He just repeats this thing and that's what he does here. It's 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 one of his things, but he's I, really good at it. His other thing that, that I think he's good at is something we haven't talked about, is that he, throughout his solo career, has, has brought forth, he has this uh, Pink Floyd toolkit, right? And he yes. created it, so he, he can use it however the fuck eh, he wants. Uh, he didn't really create well, all he's, of he's it. One of the, he's one he of the part creators. Of it. So he has, he has, he has uh, legal so, access to it. He has the rights. How about that? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, but for this time... He has an interesting lineup of people. I mean, first of all, you have Nigel Goodrich, uh, who did Radiohead, like all of Radiohead, and and and, and some of my favorite Beck records. And so and Beck, yeah. And this what that's well, the, he's he's got speaking of Beck, he's got uh, Jerry, Joey Warrenker. Well, exactly. Warrenker on drums. Well, the drums sound just like the drums yeah. on yep. like the information, which yep. is great. You know, he, he's got Jessica Wolf and Holly Lessig, uh, which are uh, there's some. Fan, I, I love some of the sweet call and response. It's some yeah. feisty, feisty shit. Yeah, there. Yeah. And if you ever heard Lucius, like they are, that's the whole band. It's like it's call and response. They got a cat on here that we've been big fans of, uh, and and he is. Deep in with Bobby Weir, uh, Jonathan. How the Wilson. hell did that kid's like? Go ahead, say his name. Jonathan Wilson. How the uh, hell does his his art? It's like it's like it's weird. So he, he put out like two good albums, and they were, like nobody n- heard no, them. Nobody heard them. But you I heard don't know. Them. Who, I don't even know who he is. He's nobody great. Heard. He, he he is like it. A resurrected like Bob Weir dropped in in the early two thousands or mid two thousands, and uh, and he just ended up same with Cass McCombs now. They just ended up like hanging around Bobby at his, at his studio, and became known as these people who could just fucking fit in. He's anywhere. like this new Laurel Canyon cat yeah. that like he records all the Americana bands and oh, okay, you know. But he's playing guitar on the tour too. He's not just a ringer on the record, right? right. So it's kind of weird. I mean, Lucius like is on the tour, all these years of having like Snowy White and yeah, you know right. all these Dick Gilmore ringers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, which and, which and, I actually I. No, you cool. don't don't get a Gilmore ringer. You know, get don't something get a else. Ringer. There's there's one Gilmore. Of course, you're going to have to play. You know, a chunk of the Golden Oldies. So he's going yeah. to well, comfortably numb. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to play Gilmore solo? That's fine. It's not the hardest thing in the world. to I do. I would play it, but you know, I would I, play it because these people are spending a lot of money. Well, not only that, mm-hmm. that's that's practically a melody. Also, I want to stand on the top of that thing and play the solo. Actually, yeah, I wouldn't Basically. mind playing the fucking solo. Yeah, <laughs> I'll play it right now. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's pretty magical, but. So, 
you know, he, he put together this, this stellar band uh, for this that he's not a Gilmore ringer, but he is sort of. He's playing the part. He's sort of he, playing the he, playing the part, but he's not trying. Who 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 of his age? Because he's our age. Who of that age isn't a Gilmore fan? Like. I don't know. I, I think I think that there's a an our age. I mean, it's hard to say when I because I'm a lead guitar player, right? Yeah. And so I can play the flying fuck out of that instrument. I'm just going to come out and say I can play the flying <laughs> fuck out of the guitar. I, I've been playing forever. I can play the flying fuck out yeah. of it. When I when I hear this record, I don't hear a lot of playing the flying fuck out of a guitar. I'm totally okay with that. Oh no, me too. Me yeah. too. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I'm not looking for that. I, no. and, and in a way, it's a disservice. Because he played with one of the masters, mm-hmm. and so it's going to be a true painter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. So you know, you're always going to be thinking, eh, unless right. it's like somebody like you know, like Mark Knopfler, or maybe yeah. it's different yeah, enough. You have it, you know, or uh, Richard Thompson or some well, fucking I, well, crazy one of my yeah, all-time yeah, yeah, heroes. Awesome yeah, absolutely, awesome thing like that. That would work because my brother they, from another mother. They weren't trying <laughs> See, to. Told you. Oh, Richard Thompson. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. Nerds and stereo, man. Yeah. <laughs> and... But anyway, anyway. Salt and pepper beards. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, That's right. You know, you know, but but it's our comedy team. <laughs> but you know, for all for all the talk about poetry, we uh... this is not a tight five. This is anything <laughs> not a but tight five. Tight, this is a loosest non five. All this talk about poetry and his stuff, and and I like so I am a big fan of of the final cut. I think a bigger fan than you. I think we've talked about that. Yeah, I didn't like it until you yelled at me, and I had to re-listen to it. And I was like, <laughs> come on, yeah, man. it's moderately okay, but it's still kind of weak salsa. It has its moments. It has its moments. It does have its moments. I, it, it's a condensed, it's a condensed wall, and I feel it. And that's you know, I think it's more than that because I think it is a powerful reflection on uh, uh, of Waters' father. And I respect it for that, and I think he does a really good job with it. I just don't feel like listening to it. Well, I mean, you know, also, that's, that's... Like, like, Two Sons in the Sunset is is basically uh, Cold War scare porn. And, oh. And, and it's great. The shit's coming back in it, a big it's way. It's coming back. And so, like, I, if I put it on <laughs> right. now, I'm like, wow, but... this is suddenly relevant 30 years later. Yeah. Well, you um, know, but the point, yeah, I think that's, that's, but that's, yeah. The, the point I'm trying to get at with that is that I, I think there is a more poetic thing in that. I was never a huge fan of pros and cons and hitchhiking. Uh, but it was... I, I just didn't like that record. I was of the age, though, that everybody was like, yeah, man, Roger Waters got an album. It was college. I remember. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, everybody's got... I, was like, like, I remember vividly... But I was a Pink Floyd fan. I was like, have you not ears? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I remember, too, being excited about it. Yes, we For the same reason we all were, because we knew... That a, a waterless cat. Floyd was going to be lame. Yes, mm-hmm. we did know so that. So can he? Except yeah, no, he momentary can. lapse. But I was, I had hopes for that. Song? I had hopes for pros and cons because I just figured. So, and at the time, final cut. I I I like it less now that I did that. attraction is holding me fast. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. <laughs> that that album has its charms. Um, I'm. Sure it does. It's been years. That was uh, Ian McKellen singing, uh, <laughs> learning to fly. Um, you shall not pass. <laughs> um, that, oh, man, David Gilmore reading Lord of the Rings. That'd be yeah, that'd be I'm good. That'd be that. sweet. I'm good with that. I would um, totally so, put so that with on. all this poetry. One one thing that is striking about this album is that uh, a lot of that is stripped away, and he's hitting you over the head with this blunt message. And at first, when I heard it, I was like. Well, he's just, yeah, man, he's writing bad songs and he's not doing it. But then I listened to it more and more and I was like, no, this is his, he has a goal and this is the right way to achieve it. 
Musically, I mean, I, I get, I'm like, I love it when I hear that's that loping eighth note kind of thing that he does. The, you know, the <laughs> or even quarter note. It's quarter note, yeah, yeah. It's a quarter note. <laughs> you know, there's some loping eighth note things too. But I'm okay with that. I'm a coding fan, so I understand. Right. But I'm a morphine fan, so <laughs> I, yeah. I like them too. Cody and Morphine. Yeah. We've got it all. Oh, you're talking about bands? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all connected. Man. Yeah, man. You know, but, but I mean, this really is hitting you over the head with <sighs> what is, what he thinks is wrong in the world and what he, and, and what he said up front. Yeah. You know, he's saying like a lot of this is our fault. And, and I don't know if that's necessarily a wrong assessment. I think that's, I think it's, it's not wrong or right. I think it's one way to look at it. And he does more than a lot of people do. And he actually, I think, explores it in this. You know what? I am so tired of coddling motherfuckers. You know, it, when it's actually really polite to say, is this the life you really want? Yeah. And inside yeah, is, exactly. is, is a much more sort of bracing, yes. uh, you know, and accusatory uh, interrogation of our present situation. Well, and I mean, what look has... at the album cover. I mean, it's, it's all redacted. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I so there's, I don't even really, you know, Part of this is just like, why wouldn't you, if you have a platform, the stature, yep. you have a fucking moral obligation to say this yep. stuff. And I'm puzzled as to why there aren't people who are occupying, uh, you know, that rarefied air in today's contemporary uh, pop music landscape. Because Pink Floyd was a popular musical band. I mean, what, I mean, what... <laughs> They ruled the planet. Like for imagine, a what, imagine what like Bowie would be doing them with this. Well, Bowie became more oblique, but interestingly so. And boy, that's another. I mean, he's yeah. a yeah. guy, but you know, he does. He did on Black Star. I mean, like his 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 references to Clockwork Orange, and mm-hmm. you know, on Girl Loves Me, and in sort of in the the original version of Leet Speak. Do we still say that Leet yeah, Speak? Yeah. You know, like, and I think that that. He was always interested in that, though, and 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 he has an eye for you know street level culture that Roger Waters can't be arsed with. Yep. No, and I don't think a, I don't think a Bowie record uh, about what would come this early. I think it would take longer. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. there's a. I mean, I don't love Besides, every Bowie played with the same fucking fascism that this that well, we're now living with. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, that's that's I don't right. dodge that in my Burroughs book either. By the way, no, but he I don't would mean definitely to say that on the. Mike, but, but he, away, he would no, he would. Yeah, but I think it would be so. It would be different in that way. Um, I mean, we, we, I, I, the other guy. I don't know if you guys are fans. I ask about myself. What would he say now? Is uh, Greg Giraldo, the comedian mm-hmm. who yeah. died in two thousand ten, yeah. and, and and could not have foreseen what we no. have now, right? And would have been, you know, laser sharp. Yeah. I just think of that. Yeah, but I'm not going to steer this into comedy. Anyway. Uh, well, comedy is more interesting than music uh, in some ways. It's, sometimes it sometimes, is. Yeah. Sometimes it is. And it's legitimate, too, because, like, there are venues for social and political critique in the arts. And it seems like one of the more primary ones, music. I mean, the reason that the boomers were able to take, I don't know, however many victory laps was based on the idea that their music challenged the establishment. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so in doing so, they built an entire industry that was, you know, powered through the 1980s, 70s, 80s, uh, 90s and early 2000s. And 
I'm not saying it was built on the back of the boomers that they, but they had an extended shelf life and it was all based on that earned authenticity <laughs> from being well, able I mean, to it's, reject it's like, it's like the, the clearly thing. immoral, immoral right. and corrosive it's like the, it's aspect like the of society. Dennis Miller quote is like, eventually you grow up and become a Republican. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you grow up and like the, the challenge. Well, I don't. Yeah, no, no, that's, it's not true, but it is true for uh, assholes like him. Uh, it goes with Dennis Miller demographic. Um, you know, I I, I think grow up and become an operative. <laughs> no, I mean most most Republicans. I know Republicans, and they've been Republicans since they were twenty five years old. Yeah, but, but his, his point so, yeah. his, his point was that you you uh, you rage against the machine when you're younger, and then you eventually become a part of the machine, and that everything is okay. And like that is clearly not the case. I mean, look out on tour. What he's doing is uh, for that song we just heard. Picture that it, it's a picture of like trump on a baby like I, I haven't seen the tour yet but i've seen images and i mean it's very clear that the images oh. imagery is what it's supposed to be uh it, in fact trump is credited on this album he is as having, having vocals and so you know he's not he's not taking any shortcuts and and he's not and some would say he's not really risking anything because he's roger fucking waters but i mean well, whatever i i, I think i, I think to your point of a moral obligation, I think that that it is. He has that. You two just played here, and you know people are are going to be who they are going to be. So apparently, Bono is somebody who just wants to make peace, uh, which is weird because he grew up. He's a, a little older than him, but grew up in Ireland. Well, like, I mean, the listen, shit, they, they borrowed an awful lot of like lift from the troubles. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, but, but what he's saying in, in that was this, part of their whole chic. Yeah. Right. What he's saying in this is that, like, I've seen this, I've lived it, and it's here again. And like Ooh, uh, Bono? No, 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 no. Waters. 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 And it's here again. Yeah. And like, I can't just, even though he did make a record where it's literally fart sounds, like made with the human body. <laughs> um, he's like, I can't just. Like sit and recite to you these evils of fascism, these evils yeah. of, of of authoritarianism. Um, but he, there's a track on here that we're going to play now called "Smell the Roses." That is, uh, we've always in America externalized this stuff, and we don't call, for example, white people who commit mass shootings terrorists. They're terrorists. We don't we don't look at that. Everything that's happened in the history of the world, we don't look at that as like that could happen here. You and, know, like calling people things, that's like, sure, let's have some equanimity or some sure, kind of yeah. whatever in that. But that's not the right word. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But like, you don't really need that. You need to actually just address what's actually causing people to commit the act. I think right. you do too. But I, but I, but I think in, in our in our culture, like we've actually gotten to the point where for some people you need to. If you say uh, Dylan Roof was a terrorist, yeah, that is right now going to be like, but he wasn't a Muslim, he wasn't brown skin. Well, for some and, people, yeah, that's right, and 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 that's that's problematic. But I think what this this brings home, this track uh, "Smell the Roses" brings home, is it, it literally is it walks you through almost the radicalization of someone, and uh, it's kind of yep. brilliant. So cool. "Smell the Roses." Smell 
wake up and smell the roses Close your eyes and pray this wind don't change the roses uh like i said that's a song about radicalization you have uh you're walking this character through this thing uh the second sort of chorus is wake up wake up and smell the phosphorus this is the room where we keep the human hair don't ask don't tell it could mean a loss for us yeah a little less cash in the stash i mean i do like phosphorus and loss for us i i yeah you know there, yeah. there, there's tight. The, yeah. the verse before it. He's spitting there's fire. a room where th- uh, this is the room where they make the explosives, where they put your name on the bomb, where they bury the butts and the ifs and scratch out words like right or wrong. Do you remember God loves Semtex? Yeah, from uh, Radio mm-hmm. Chaos. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of that a yeah. little bit, where he explicitly names the agent of mass destruction. Well, well, he he. Oh, dude, Toronto. He, <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> He, he, I know this drive. He, he, he researches the the language and the... Um, Listeners at home are like, huh? No, he researches the language and the toolbox of terrorism. Yeah. Because yeah. he's directly, like... Terrorism and profits. Terror and profits. Because one man's terror is another man's profit. Or profit. Or, oh, you see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> what you, We're like in high school what again, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am Harry Barlow. I am wearing shorts. Estimated profit. Get it? Oh, (laughs) yeah, right. Wow. (laughs) And we got to come back for for another. Can we do a round two dead set? Yeah, we 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 can do this whenever. Well, well, well. Actually, Kevin and I kind of had it. (laughs) But but yeah. So so this this uh, concept of radicalization is something that you haven't heard, or at least I haven't heard in. Honestly, mainstream music. This is this is. I mean, Roger Waters is the. We, we were talking. In the, Who's he in the mainstream Spotify. for, though? Yeah. Well, no, but we were talking about the Who's Spotify listening? thing, the, the rarefied air. Roger Waters is the rarefied air. People will go to his shows, but who's listening? Like, who's hearing this record? Is my question. It's a good I'd question. like to see the numbers. It's a, it's a really good question because we think of him as as mainstream and all that. Because in our experience, he is. Yeah. He, he's become that. Um, I had actually a further experience of that recently, and I think we discussed this, but I, and I haven't seen it yet. I saw a commercial for the Dan Rather interview with Roger Waters. Uh-huh. I'm like, holy oh, shit. Interesting. I'm like, yeah. And he's talking about, actually, he he's very excited about America right now because our response to, to Trump. Mm-hmm. He's like, 
Wow, that caught my attention. But that's another story. And I haven't seen the interview, so I don't want to get into oh, that. But sure, sure, sure. Dan well, Rather Dallas. is interviewing Roger Waters, and I was like, oh, we won. Yeah. <laughs> right? We put it over. You know, I, I mean, mean like, the, oh, wait. Roger Waters is a guest of Dan Rather's. And Dan Rather is, they're sitting yeah. in two big leather chairs. Yep. It's a fancy scene. Rather is treating him with the respect that he deserves. And they, but, but it's like, you know, Dan, he wasn't Pink Floyd. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like you almost want to. It was wild because he, he's that. He's an establishment figure. Yeah, On the other hand, but, but who recognizes the, point. the stature of Dan Rather? Even? Well, that's, that's why I like Dan Rather. He's been stripped bare yeah. in a lot of ways, and he's rebuilding whatever there is. But I know, do appreciate the way he's been doing that. I think it's awesome. He kind of bottomed out, in a way, publicly. Yes. And, and, and then was like, wait, I'm a smart guy. I have something to say. I yeah. can do this. And uh, and there's a whole different there's an honesty about him now that's he cuts right to the point. It's awesome. Well, we were talking about boomers though, and and the uh, the overconsumption, maybe. And and Dan Rather's a boomer. Right? Who defines a trusted voice in a way that can actually carry the sentiment of an incredibly distracted uh, and increasingly polarized country? I don't know. I don't think people. I don't think people look for that anymore. I don't think that's I don't, maybe that's the first problem. Well, or pr- you can't problem, see it if you don't know. If, I don't know. You know, I mean, I mean, you, the trusted voice, of course, was Cronkite in a much simpler time. I mean, it just was your yeah. option, your option, because now and you could get it in very, very small, indirect doses then. But now you don't have to have a trusted voice. You have a voice that says what you already thought. Well, you already sure. believed. So right. that. Walter Cronkite or even Dan Rather or Peter Jennings or whomever, they don't really have a role anymore. Well, if you're post-truth, you don't need an arbiter of truth. <laughs> but even if you're not post-truth, even if you're just on cable news, you know, because the cable news now has sort of little thing, well, we're slightly right of, slightly left of center, we, you know, we're whatever. And so there's, is there somebody who is well-known on cable news who is not associated with a side. You know, there aren't many. Not really. No. <laughs> so, I mean, even 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 pathetic, you know, just Wolf Blitzer. You know, I suspect there's a side, but most of the people on that network who actually... His asked, side is the network. Yeah. His side yeah. is his pocketbook. That's yeah. fine. But there are people on that network who you know where their politics are. You didn't before Trump was elected, maybe, or you had a sense, but, you know... Starting to. Starting to. So, 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 let's, let's so it's a very different world. And, and Cronkite would never have dreamt... Let's explore the Dan Rather have... thing, though, because Dan Rather has become the voice of, of honestly, millennials look to him. That you see a Facebook post from Dan Rather, and they're like, whoa, Do this they? guy... Yeah. yeah. And, and this guy... This guy seriously. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. And this and this guy... This guy yeah. seems to be making a lot of sense. He's speaking in logical sentences. He's saying things that, like, resonate with me. And, I, right. and, and then you have an interview with Roger Waters. But So does that make this sort of, like, a missive of maybe like the resistance radio like the true radio chaos i would love it if it did actually uh get filtered down and through to you know people who are most likely to be active not just this year but in the next 25 30 years yeah because uh if we even have that long because mm-hmm. we're going to need more bodies frankly and I hate to put it in those terms because it sounds like I'm adopting a hawkish stance, but I think that when you're facing yeah. an actual fucking coup, 
you have to take yeah. a hostile stance. I think you do. And I literally don't give a shit who hears me say it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is. Right. That, Just try it, to disappear me, motherfuckers. This is, this, is, this is kind of the antithesis. Second Amendment applies this, to this, everyone. This is what the kids think. That, <laughs> <laughs> this is what the kids think, I think, when they, uh, you saw when Trump was elected, and especially here in D.C. and in the D.C. punk community. Uh, people were like, well, that just – and the younger, not the older DC punk community. Uh, but they were like, oh, man, this just means we're going to have lots of great art because of this. I'm like, you don't get great art. You have to fucking – like you said, put your, put your <laughs> money where your mouth is. How entitled do you have is. to be to like, be like, all right, suffering. Now we're going to be giving well, something. Well, you know, it's funny. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was a hilarious thing. You yeah, saw it yeah. on social, all over social media. And I came down on both. I came down on both sides of it, which was to say – I was like, well, the opportunity is there. When you're not satisfied, yeah. you tend to do better stuff. However, I think I gotta... take a side in that because yeah. I mean, there's an incredibly valid. Uh, there's supporting evidence. In no, I mean, look, but the bottom, the bottom line is, you know, uh, if if uh, I mean, I've always said the reason that most rock stars get boring is because they're not hungry anymore. When you're hungry. Roger tend, Waters isn't hungry. No. Well, in some way, emotionally, he, he is. Probably upsets his stomach. He's emotionally, <laughs> he is, though. Emotionally, he's hungry still. Yeah. You know? Oh, well, yes, that's right. And so... That's right. And so... Would you say he's got a hungry heart? I wouldn't say it. <laughs> I'm not a Springsteen guy, okay. so no, I'm not <laughs> saying that. <laughs> We're not nobody in this room is saying that. <laughs> I just... He, he, you just he, said it. I though. did. He does annoy me. But anyway. I said, I said I actually Hungry like Heart. That you song. said Touching 17-Year-Olds. What does that say? <laughs> I actually like Hungry Heart, though, just as an yeah. aside. I'm not a huge Springsteen guy at all. I recognize parts of his canon. I'm not an <clears> obsessive. I have a couple songs I like. I love that song. It's just a, it's a, like a little kick-in-the-pants story with a melody that he begrudgingly sang because the label said they didn't hear a hit. Yeah. And that's what he gave them. And he, look what he gave us. Right? They nagged him a little bit, and he's like, oh, fine. I'll write this indelible so, so, class. So go down your road. Go down your road. Where you're, where, where I don't even road. remember what it was. I'm, right now, I'm going down. This is right, so off, the the Gardner Express, right to, off the Gardner Expressway. I'm going down you there. You know, the, the monitor was meant as an aid. It's turning into more. <laughs> oh, it's an obsession. I love Toronto, and, I love and I'm... I'm, I'm, um, I'm this is when you first so, walk, drive through. I'm oh, sorry. So, I know no, I love Toronto, so, too. I used to go there every year. So... To what I was saying, like, the, the idea that, that you know, you would get better art, and it's not a matter of, a, like, good art can change the world. I and, yes. and, and, and when I say can, I mean there's a possibility, and I'm not putting a number on that. Uh, what does change the world is action and policy. Yes. Period. Yes. And the two are not the same. And I, and I think people who make comments like that, don't understand that they they think that like oh you're gonna change minds is like the people who are doing this their minds aren't gonna be changed by your song oh well no I don't I I never read it that way what I read it about and I think you did but this is part of what I mm -hmm. think you were saying was there was an artificial sort of like well automatically we're gonna get some kick-ass punk rock out of this shit well there was those super cynical and, people and, yeah and that's yeah. yeah and that part of it I think is entitled and stupid. The idea, I don't know that people thought that they would change the mind of the administration or Congress to mm, that. Yeah, but... Um, I mean, and hippies probably did think they were going to change that. But the bottom line is, over the long haul, they did make some changes that some of them if didn't If you want to see. look what fascist America and punk rock would look like, look at Poland. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah absolutely right. will tell you precisely what it looks like. 
or Eastern Europe. If he, I mean, you know Franz Nikolai. I mean, he, he's he's toured over there, and he's he's come right. back. Right, punk in a suppress, highly suppressive state. Yeah, yeah. He's he, we have modern examples. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, but the point is though, I don't know. I didn't never think. I never thought that people thought that would actually influence decision makers. More that well, we no, need to, they, they think more that we need to express ourselves, our resistance, and I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, I think that's doesn't mean you get good art from it. I mean, right, right. look, you know, uh, sometimes <laughs> you get bad, really bad art from that. There's but. no, there's no central guru figure to tell them, you know, the, to give them the primary instruction. Tim Leary was uh, uh, was many things, mm. but for some reason he was able to pied piper an entire generation with one single semantic command. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and everyone emulated that, even if they didn't follow through with it to the letter. They they carried with it in their hearts the spirit, and they believed that that would be truly transformative. Roger Waters was part of that generation, and and it was not just received wisdom. He was present at birth. I don't think they were abandoned in the sort of sense where there was a you know scene for them to commit to coming out of right. the swinging sixties. You know, London psychedelic summer. Yeah, no. I mean, they were part of it, but they were also like a transition band when Sid was the leader. Well, yeah, they, they also started off like everybody else did, a blues band, and they sure right. did. Yeah. And so, like, so I think you know, almost by default, they carry with them some of that essential essential imprint of social justice. You know, being. Uh, played out through musical theater essentially yeah because <laughs> that's what it started with there were festivals and there were light shows and there were plasma screens mm. and mm. the canterbury scene came from that and crimson came from that and you know the the stones mid midwifed it and then became like a satanic boogie band <laughs> which is rad absolutely and my point I would agree my, with that my, my, point yeah. is, my point in all that is that something that, that I say I'm not going to speak for all of our other contributors on this but I know some of them subscribe to this viewpoint is that if you aren't last year it would have done a hell of a lot of good maybe but uh, this year now especially if you if you're an artist and you aren't willing to directly attack the politics at this level, yeah, like face on, then what the fuck are you doing? You have the platform. I mean that that's the thing. Yeah, but do you have the platform? I don't know. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. I'm not sure that you have the platform. I think it's Who has? if you're playing. Doesn't mean that you're not the people. Doesn't mean that. Well, it depends. I mean, I... if you're Taylor Swift, you have the platform. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, I think the rest of us probably don't, and and I think that even even there, you know, uh, boy, I mean, I, do you directly? There's so much risk aversion at the top level. It's of not that even market. risk aversion. It's it for the me. Dixie Chicks. They showed, you know, uh, Cumulus Media showed, like they showed what happens when well, you step out of line. No, well, and I it's, understand. It's funny. It's funny too. Yes. Th that is funny because so we watched uh, me and the lady. Watch, we watched the show Nashville. Because we like trash TV, and it is trash TV. It is now put on by CMT. Since it's well, watch the ABC. movie Nashville instead. It's much better. Well, I, 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 I watched <laughs> yeah. that too. Okay, but but um, but uh, that's was actually Miner's a good daughter. show. It's actually a great great showcase for songwriters exactly. and whatnot. But uh, they recently took on just that. They took on Black Lives Matter and the Dixie Chicks, and their their reasoning. And this was that's very much, this was very much in what conservative Nashville. In the real world, is about 
they said, okay, this character like pointed out that like somebody, her boyfriend just got pulled over because he was black. And then her ex-manager friend said to her, uh, you know, Natalie from Dixie Chicks, they did this and something like this. And they paid the price and they've never been, they've never been the same again. <laughs> Except the Dixie Chicks are now, not only does she have a thriving career, but they're bigger than ever now. They, are, I mean, they. they I don't know. I, I would not. They're more successful. That, that at this is point. That, that's a that's a that's an interesting. I would like to see what comparative metrics we're using here. They yeah, have. A, they I mean, have they aren't made for me, so I don't have any yeah, idea. Yeah. You know. But my, my my point is is that is like at their at their peak, we were still in a relative monoculture. Yeah. And look, I, the the risk I'm thinking of isn't that because n- none of us have to lose what the Dixie Chicks had to lose, but. The risk artistically of making boring, polemic bullshit music. I mean, in other words, you <laughs> yeah. know, so I mean, I mean, Waters walks the tightrope, but yeah, he does yeah. it pretty fucking well. Yeah. Um, again, musically, I think it suffers for that, That's but lyrically, I think he has point. that air of the voice of authenticity That's right. that you cannot. Fake. It's it's something that he's earned. That's right. I believe him. He's the senator of rock. Lou Reed was the phantom of rock for a little while. <laughs> senator of rock. Senator, he's the of, senator rock. of rock. So, uh, you've never actually said it in an album review, Casey. You got you got some choices here, Hedy. Oh boy. You got you got to decide what you what you, what you want to tell to people to do. Favorite song. Oh, I know what no, he's. No, 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 I know yeah, what he, I know what he's. Yeah, yeah. You you, know, you got to you got to tell people what they want to do. Is this a is this a buy it record? Is this the try it record? Is this the trash it record? Well, I can use myself as an example. Uh, what does buy it mean, though? Buy it means Well, you know, and that, that, that's a good. Is this, that, is this a save it record? That's a good thing. Just, there you go. That's a good right? thing. That's a good thing. But Does this it, go into my library to never be browsed again? No, it, 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 yeah, it means that. It's like a try. It means like you'll probably save it on Spotify, and you'll listen to it a few times, but you won't like necessarily explore. Commit it to, to the vinyl. Ready. Is that a threshold? I think yeah. I think I think that's what buy it means now. That's what I would use for myself because okay. it's going to demonstrate like a you know a willful meaningful you have to have transaction, a physical, physical artifact of it. Yeah, it's not, and it's not just about that though. It's about you know recognizing that the art, maybe it's presentation, maybe yep. it's sonic characteristics yep. in the medium. Some combination of those factors justifies the uh, the expenditure. Yeah. Yes. So and that's how an old rock snob would look at that in mm-hmm. a in a digital age. So as I'm that, <laughs> I don't think it's rock snobbery. I think time. it's just I just think yeah. it's, you're you're reporting on the experience. Well, yeah. yeah. That's all. So from this rockist column, uh, <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will say that I am on the fence about actually committing to owning it. I've streamed it a number of times, okay. and I found myself going back to it and not like. I better uh, sort of train myself to like this because it, the artist was meaningful to me, and uh, you know it has some stature in the in the in the pantheon, or at least the pantheon of music that I appreciate. Sure, that's a that's a legitimate reason for going back to something. But I found myself going back to it because I was actually uh, wanted to hear it. hear it again. You liked it, <laughs> you right? Know? And sometimes I still bristle at the sort of the overt Floydian echoes to you know yeah. Be punny. Uh, did you like, did you like uh, Endless River? Uh, not a ton. Okay. <laughs> I never know? heard it. I just it was didn't... okay. I, I find those uh, the, you know those records to be sort of flatline. Yeah. You know, um, 
And there's some people who can sing you the phone book. I mean, I could probably listen to like Jeff Tweedy or M. Ward sing me the phone book. I literally don't give a flying fuck what they're singing. Yeah. Just sing me the phone book, man. And I and with Gilmore, you know, I sort of get I, I that's my impression of it. It do, is that it doesn't leave much of one. But in this age where, you know, if something doesn't make an impression, you're very unlikely to encounter it again. I found myself going back to it and I have a ton of like Everyone has a ton of options, but I have a ton of yeah, yeah, yeah. distractions, you know. Uh, but I was like, I'm going to voluntarily, like, carve out space in my life to either have this so in this, the background or... That's very strong try. That's almost a buy. It's in almost the sense, a buy, but like you in said, the it's a very like, strong in try. Sense of like, and yet I haven't, though, and it's been out for a little while. Well, that's maybe, but, you, you know, right. I mean... If it's a measuring point. I'm a definitely a try it. I'm not a trash, just even I have issues with yeah. it. Um... And the funny thing is, and I'm not a Tweety fan at all, or or a, or a, I don't know if I am. I just li- I just no, think he sings pretty. But I think Gilmore sings real pretty. He does yeah. sing real pretty. And the stuff after he water looks is left. Pretty too. He's a nice looking guy. When you, <laughs> a cute. He's, he's a, a nice looking guy. He's shoots lo- down our he's a lovely man. Man, uh, oh, he's um, beautiful. He's um, a beautiful man. He's a beautiful. He well, he certainly was. Anyway, but when it was something to finish this. But when when Pink Floyd went on without Waters, yeah. him singing lyrics that were vacuous and moronic bummed me out because he used to sing lyrics that were kick ass because sure. yes. it was Waters lyrics. Yes. Yeah. And so if he hadn't ever done that, yeah. I might not give a shit. Yeah. But he had sung some of the best lyrics in rock music. Yeah, I mean, wow. you go, so, go to Pink Floyd. I mean, you go to Dark Side of the Moon though. It's like he's singing some of the best shit ever written. That and he's a the, good you know, point. Yeah. So, so, so for your try it, uh, what, what would you recommend? What <laughs> if there if there is a Roger Waters solo record to recommend? What would you recommend? Oh, of of whom? Of Roger Waters solo. I don't recommend. Any, I don't like any of them. Okay. I, I, I I love Roger Waters. I admire him. Uh, he is responsible for some of the my favorite music in in the world. Yeah. Um. But he's been, for me, musically, aesthetically in some way, stuck at the wall now for yeah. 30 years. <laughs> no, yeah. And look, I, there are worse places to be stuck, but it just doesn't interest me a whole lot. Yeah. If he were stuck at Wish You yeah, Were Here, I'd be happier. You're not wallow with him. <laughs> no. And it, Jesus and it, Christ. You're not going <laughs> to condemn his wallowing. You know? No, no. You won't he, join him. He's fucking awesome at it. But yeah. but it's not, it, to me, that's, that's right. the problem that I have with all the records. They're all the final cut, part six, part seven, you know. Okay. Yeah, I... Which, he, is, which is oversimplifying, and I understand that. So, so I'm, I'm going to kick it off. I like you. iterative guys, though. Like, I, I put up with Robert Fripp. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. uh, I, I'm going to be the guy who kicks it up a little. I, I'm going to say it's a buy it. I'm going to say buy it and hope in the next, like, six months that they don't, like, come to your house looking for it. I mean, like, you have this. Come with us. Put the black bag over your head. You know, <laughs> I, it, it is... Uh, because, because I think... I, I am not a fan of any of his solo records... Final Cut is one of my favorite records of all time. I know it is. It, it is. it is possibly my favorite Floyd record, which is weird because Obscured by Clouds exists. <laughs> yes. Among others. Metal, yeah, among, Wish You Were Here. Yeah, but, yeah. See, Metal never hit with Piper me. at the Gates of Dawn. That's oh, fucking awesome. I, I love all those. Don't like, forget it, Sid. If Paul had been able to be on this podcast... Like, if Sid had been able to be on yeah, this yeah, podcast... Well, we, we I tried have, to get him. He's like, forget yeah, it, dude. We, yeah. we, we have, we you have, can't afford me. The... <laughs> With that resurrection drug problem, um, well, that's the easy part. Yeah, yeah, it's but the fees. 
But uh, but yeah. but yeah. So uh, I I think as a record, I I don't. I I haven't heard, uh, maybe in the, maybe in my life, I don't know, uh, a record that is this clumsy with its rebellion. I love that about it. And and yeah, it's and, endearing. Yeah, and it's it's super endearing to me. And and for that, I love it. And and I I won't be listening to this in like a right. month. I'm going to buy the vinyl. Sold. Well, you know, you, you I, might I, I switch you. Mm-hmm. You might right. be. I, I do think this. No, I don't think I will be because because this is preaching to the choir. Well, that's every, true. everything he's saying. It's like, but but this is what I want somebody to come out. Like it took somebody like him to come out and just say, "You guys, you remember fascism, right?" Yeah, well, I think that. And, ooh, and wow, that, and, and that and that. In but itself lot, is something that people are not. A lot of musicians don't remember fascism. But that's my you know, point. Right, right. And but so they're, not, I, they're not researching it. So, so now, so but now, he, but he lived it. His yeah. father died because that's, of fascism. Yeah, and that's, you know, my and point. that's the difference. It, it is it is the end. Like I, I sort of hope he doesn't put out another album. He can tour forever on whatever. But but that yeah, that agreed. this is he, his themes aren't going to change. He's never going to do anything different. He is Roger Waters. This is this is a good for. summary. Yeah, it stands as a good summary. Yeah, I yeah, it is. I I I would be remiss if I didn't discuss, if nothing else, just not that he would say this, but for for Chad, our producer friend, mm-hmm. I think there's a Sonics thing in this record that I really actually do like. It's yeah, kind of in the wheelhouse and probably doing a blindfolder for Nigel Godrich. I mean, it's 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 oh, yeah. it's oh, yeah. the Joy Warrenker, mm-hmm. you know, Beck thing, but I'm. A sucker for that. I'm a sucker for those drum sounds. I'm a sucker for the space that he, even the Paul McCartney record he made with him, you know, which yeah, has yeah, some sure. really cool moments. It does. Um, it's the one thing that I I put out there as a, a difference between this and the other Roger Waters records is I think he got a producer that, at least to my, I want to hear. Uh, sonically, I'm not going to have a problem with it. I have problems with it musically. I have problems with it. Yeah, in terms of melody, but sonically, even with the Floydisms and the ticking clock and all that bullshit, which is probably unnecessary, but whatever, I understand it. He can't escape it. He, I mean, he, he, I, well, you can, but I don't no, mind he him. Can't. I don't well, mind he him embracing himself as like a concrete artist because he, you know, was advancing the use of samples in an era yeah. where you know that yep. wasn't common. Wasn't called that. Yeah. I and I'm fine with it. It doesn't bother me. But I, but there's some Sonics. <laughs> yeah. Well, the song we just listened to before was you know I I said this to you guys as soon as it started. I'm like, oh, that's a Floydian little romp if I've ever heard one. It was the sure. groove that they did in their sleep. Yeah. And they did it in Echoes. They did it in other stuff too. Um, they just had that and and also we're captured here because I assume it's him. Is his bass playing? He's a wonderful bass player. Yeah. He's a very musical player, even though he nobody talks about that. He's a very intuitive musical guy, and and sure, he has limited range, both um, you know instrumentally and vocally. But his and bass, he makes it work. And bass in some ways less so. He's very the bass lines are deeply felt, and they're smart, and they work, and they're rhythmically... They are very smart. And, and they're rhythmically... rhythmically he's in. Yeah. He's in the, he's in the he's pocket. Glued, yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he is the pocket. Well, he, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's a master songwriter. I mean, that's... He pulls Mason along. You know, like, he's like a little, like, tugboat. Yeah. 
I, I, that's probably true. Although I, lo- I like Nick- is the you, want, you, you want that t-shirt. You want that t-shirt now, right? Yeah. I like Nick Mason though for the same reason. Oh, I Nick, love Nick him. Mason is a, is perverse. Yeah. Because from Dark Side on, he'll play this a verse and a chorus and this thing. He'll play drums, and then he'll do exactly a carbon copy of exactly yeah. the same thing. Even the fills, but yeah. you know, and it's and it's just like that's. It's strange. It's perverse. It's, it's the same way that Waters writes lyrics. It's yeah. just like, well, oh. you know what I think. Like the the the, the uh, needs of the market, in some ways, started to compel him to play within his limitations. But you were never not going to have him be a fairly untrained Mitch Mitchell esque drummer, which. Frankly, they all were, unless they were trained, like Ginger Baker and right. Mitch Mitchell. Right. <laughs> well, right, and and and, and 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 this is all pre like Bonham resets the clock, but you got to remember these guys got under that's the, different, <laughs> sure, but but they got but under Mason, the rug of the psychedelic. Mason is a psychedelic thing. drummer, but he's uh, he's a crafty motherfucker. I mean, he's a, he's a really clever, yeah. funny guy as a drummer. Oh yeah, and, he you know, lurks and titters. It's amazing. Totally <laughs> is. It's a perfect counter, and that yeah, and water lurks. That's a Lurks, Lurks and, and titters. titters. Like, give me a picture that's of the like, book Nick Mason. Af- that's the book after this next Lurks one. Lurks and titters. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the Casey Ray story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll work. That'll work. That'll work. Um, yeah, so so you've heard, you know, go out and listen to this fucking thing or or not. You know. So, so Mr. Kentoff, where can we find your work? Let's plug shit. My work. Uh, well, the Caribbean is uh, home tapes. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, my solo project, Washington Hebrew, is on Bandcamp and on Spotify. Um, just put out a free download single, actually, yeah. yesterday, if I'm a Try, which is the first song mm-hmm. on the record. Um, so that's that's pretty much where you can find me and where I... You guys I, are on, like, Twitter and Facebook and all that. Oh, Hell yeah, you know. Yeah. So any any gigs or whatever is 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 uh, you know. We'll, we are, you guys, some... are you guys are the Caribbean planning anytime soon? You know, I, well, we're, I won't get into it, but we have this. You said you cool had a rehearsal. As, we had this cool ass gig though that we set up with a guy that we like in a space that's awesome, and we just it, you know this is the typical rock communication just. Right. But uh, yeah, so that may be the end of July, which be which would be a sick show. But I'll I'll. Talk about it if it ever comes ever yeah. happens. Um, yeah, we rehearsed last night for a long time. It was a, it was an epic rehearsal and nice. Got a lot of new songs that we don't know what to we don't know how to play. But yeah, it's, you know it's, that's, it's, how, that's how it goes, man. That's no, how it's it goes. it's fun. Mister Ray, you got a lot of stuff going on. First of all, we can talk about it later. I'm tired. No, no, <laughs> but, 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 talk about, but just but just just for, at least mention the book. your book. <sighs> oh, yeah, XL first, please. I'm writing a book. <laughs> Good night. What, what's the name of the book? What's the name of the book? Well, the book is um, the, the 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 working title is the priest they called him, William S. Burroughs, and the cult of rock and roll. I'm going to start saying, change it to too much ham. <laughs> yes, precisely. Yeah, uh, look, look for that. And, well, I, uh, I know this. We were upstairs hanging out before the show, and, and we were talking about this, and we didn't really know each other. Yeah. 
and and you guys talking about it, and I'm like, I'm in so far fucking over my head that I don't know what I'm. You know, yeah, I mean, it was you. it was yeah. fascinating. I mean, the deep end of the pool, dude. You just it was fascinating. It. it was awesome, but I'm like, well, what? The? You have no idea how shallow this end of the pool is. <laughs> it's all just, the deep end. Just it's talking, all were you just the talk, deep end. Were you really just talking about tits? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, because I I really no, it was it was really interesting. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a. Yeah, this is going to be gonna, a little bit of a gab fest. We're take All this, right, uh, we're no, gonna, gonna, that uh, guy's not going to shut the fuck up. Is basically well, yeah, yeah, essentially that's, that's, that's why he has a show. <laughs> no, I didn't mean you. I meant I was pointing at a metaphorical me who was not the me sitting here currently. You just floating. A different. Out. Um, I, get it. I get it. We're good. A different we're good man. Part of the space I'm uh, continuing. I'll be delivering your ribs soon, sir. But uh, after that, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll do a baby cast from your from your oh, abode. About baby that. cast, nice. Is this your so, second? Yes. Well, congratulations. And in there advance. won't be. You can't smell diapers over the podcast. Which is just a, <laughs> a real benefit of Yet. the medium. Yet. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Coding so, the app. There, It'll there, happen. Then there's a CSS tag for that, but um, we're not. Yeah. We're not. This is not the coding podcast. This is the music podcast. Thank you guys for. Coming down? Yeah. And well, no, happy to be out. here. It was fun. The goose has gotten fat. I'm caviar in fancy bars. And subprime loans. And broken homes. Is this the life? Is this life we really want? Uh, Roger Waters' latest sort of masterpiece, if you will, is out now everywhere. You can buy it. You can um, you can stream it. You can do whatever you want with it, and uh, you can see him on tour too. He's coming here to DC. I hope we're going to go see him. Tickets are expensive, but I can tell you, having shot the guy once, and by shot I mean f- photographed, uh, it, it photographed the Wall tour, and it was uh, it was it was amazing. Guy knows how to put on a show. He pairs it with great music and. Uh, and he is a he's a master. He is a legend. Also, um, you heard you heard uh, Michael mention in there uh, his interview with Roger Waters' interview with Mark Maron on, on WTF. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes because I do recommend you go and uh, and check that out because it'll give you some context how uh, not just this project started, but honestly, how a lot of art starts. Sometimes it's just a poem. Sometimes it's just like three words written on a napkin, uh, and sometimes it's humming something into your now iPhone uh, and then it develops into something like you just heard um, before we get out of here I said I was going to play a little Roger Waters at the back end this is older Roger Waters you know I one of my one of our favorite bands if you ever heard Paul and I talk about this uh, one of my favorite bands is Pink Floyd they are uh, they are the soundtrack of my youth my um, not so youth and now my middle age, uh, they have uh, stuck with me, and, and they're sort of like uh, what what makes them great for me is you discover m- more points of relevance and different points of relevance, like as you move along uh, through your life. And um, so, for example, uh, the final cut means a lot more to me now, especially given that 
what he essentially was writing about and stuff a lot of the Roger Waters was writing about on the wall, uh, you know, was a specifically English, a British thing. Um, but he somehow universalized it to just uh, make statements about oppression and how and how it's bad and how it destroys. And he did it on the um, by going on the inside and showing the small prices that all this paid. That's what the final cut is about. And uh, but it's also about uh, fear of the Cold War of the Russian bear, and the final track on this album, Two Sons in the Sunset," is um, <laughs> it's apocalypse porn, but it, it's uh, it's a beautiful song, and it's uh, coming to terms, at least the way I think of it now. It's uh, the narrator, maybe it's Roger Waters, maybe it's not coming to terms with the fact that uh, you know there's maybe nothing we can do about this. And uh, so just maybe the end of the world will be beautiful. Uh, it's bleak. It is uh, very sardonic. It's dry. It's it's uh, a little cynical, but it is, uh, it's beautiful in the end. And so I want you guys to hear it so you understand that uh, his M.O., even though the music has changed some, hasn't really changed. And uh, that may be the sign of a great artist. He's going to keep saying this stuff until uh, until we get it, or he dies. But uh, here you go, Two Sons in the Sunset.
as the windshield melts and my tears evaporate. Leaving only charcoal to defend. Finally, I understand the feelings of the few. Ashes and diamonds, foe and friend. We were all equal in the end. Sons in the Sunset right there with the Saxa Boom Jam out of that. Uh, if that's how the end of the world sounds, uh, I am okay with that. That'll be, uh, be mighty groovy. Um, yeah, if you don't know the final cut, go out and check it out. It's, a, it's one of the slightly maligned Floyd albums because it was the last album and it was they were falling apart, but uh, it, it's, it's a remarkable little piece of work. I dig it. I dig it a lot. And uh, most of my good friends dig it. You have two little handshakes. If you like that, and if you like uh, Blind Melon Soup, then we're going to be friends for life. And uh, that has held true for over 30 years for me. Or 20 years, maybe. That's it. That's our podcast uh, for this Monday. We will be back on Thursday with our exploration of OK Computer, that uh, massive... Uh, album that changed some say changed the uh, the music industry. It is uh, also like this album that we just talked about uh, speaks to the current times here in America from the past. So we're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, it's going to be great. It's a it's in our discologist series, so you're going to hear a lot of it. Uh, you're going to get a lot of sort of inside information, hopefully, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for us. We're going to do it, and then we're going to be Americans, fuck, and drink, drink drink a bunch of beer and eat a bunch of hot dogs. Because that's what we do, apparently. Here in America. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. You can leave us a message or a rating there. We are also available on Google Play, Stitcher, and Mixcloud. And you can always listen to us on the site at www.chunkyglasses.com. We are out there on the socials at, at @chunkyglasses, and that is both Twitter and Instagram. And if you're following our Instagram, uh, you will see the great work of Matt Condon and Mauricio Castro. They are out at shows almost every night. And before our reviews and write-ups and recaps go up on the site, you'll see photos from the shows that they're going to almost in real time. It's kind of wild, it's, and it's kind of great. Uh, so, you know, check out that. If you uh, tune into our regular into our Twitter feed, you're going to see um, you're going to see a lot of 
promoting on the site, some some weird conversations about music with people. I like to engage people on that. Uh, also, some amplification of 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 like say for example what we can do to stop this horrible AHCA health bill going through you're going to see examples of that maybe that's not your thing I don't care it's my fucking Twitter <laughs> so um, so uh, that's all of us and uh, and once again we thank all of you for choosing to hang out with us and we will be back in a few short days until then have a wonderful 4th of July people and uh, hang out with your friends and loved ones and tell them that you love them very much and then uh, we'll back on, on Thursday. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!